You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, it's April 1, April 1st. But there's no fooling today. It's episode 357. My name is Rob. Jason is also here with me. We are no fools. And by no fools, I mean we're two of the biggest fools on the planet. But not today. Today, we're going to do an episode that's been well-rehearsed, eloquent, mm-hmm. and um, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. We don't have time for that. That's yeah. not a thing. Couldn't couldn't even make <clears throat> it to the end of that. Couldn't make an effort. Yeah. It's, uh, it is that. That's where we are. We're... Talking into microphones again. Whoa. It's me. it's me. It's you? I forgot airplane mode. Airplane mode, Jason. I'm the one with... I got a new phone, Builders. It's ugly. I'm, I'm the one who got a new Super phone. Super ugly. It's perfectly fine. It's not an iPhone. No, it's, it's not. If it's not an iPhone, it's crap. That's not how that goes. Um, uh, I'm glad to be rid of the uh, Apple experience. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. Because I don't really care. But other than the fact that I, your messages are now green, like you might as well be sending me something on a damn tablet. They all look same. And by that, me. I don't mean an iPad or a Kindle. I mean a stone tablet. Ah, ah, Carrier pigeons are great. They're really not funny, even a little bit. Um, yeah. So uh, goodbye, Apple. I think I've probably said this before. I realized at some point a few years ago that my iPhone was was a device I used to access the Google ecosystem. And it was just didn't make any sense for me to continue to use a, an Apple device to do that. Cool. Cool story. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I doubled down. I bought a MacBook Pro. So. I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> My wife is very excited about her iPhone XR, by the way. She oh, loves so it. she did stick with Apple. It's, it's yellow. Not only is it yellow, she bought a clear sparkly case to put it uh, put so around it's it. sparkly yellow. That's exactly what it is. That sounds amazing. I she would loves carry it. a sparkly yellow phone. She loves it. <clears throat> they didn't have that choice. So I got black. No, a silver. What is mine? Yeah. What is uh, yours? Silver. silver. Yeah. I think that's... Is my phone yeah. actually bigger than yours now? Uh, I know it's yeah. about the same size. Mine's uh, a touch longer, but the screen size the looks screen the same. The screen is exactly the same, yeah. yeah. Right. I, I am disappointed that it's a, that it's a bigger phone, because you know I don't like big things in my right. pocket. Um, I'll tell you what I, we that went, was great it was right we went into that Verizon store because we switched yeah. from Sprint to Verizon also because Sprint sucks yeah I know I'm an AT&T yeah um, we went to that Verizon store and they had the, the new Palm there I know Palm right Palm is a not, still make that so Palm is still out there what Palm did is they did this is the re- actually the thing that I really wanted what you do is you buy a, a Palm phone okay yeah. and it's an Android phone and that's fine and it seems like it works fine yeah but they have a separate thing that's like uh I I don't know exactly how big it is it's it's I'm holding up my fingers which builders can't see so let's say I, I'm I'm making a shape that's about it's called about two in two and a half inches high. That'd be my guess. Yeah. Okay, um, smaller than smaller about this, this device is about as tall as the width of your standard playing card. Okay, so okay. Th- think about cutting a playing card in half. Yeah, and that's the size of this little device. Okay, yeah. and what you do is is you you have your you have your phone with you, and your phone is in your in your backpack or 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 your your bag, your purse, your, whatever you've got, right? And and that you keep in your pocket this little device, the smaller device. And what that does, that device will allow you to make phone calls and allow you to read text messages, and that's it. That's it's not a it's it, I mean it's it, it's running an operating system, but but it's but it's like a, an accessory device to help you not constantly look at your phone. And it has limited functionality, so you can only do limited things with it. If only Apple had conquered that already with a way that you could just keep it on your wrist. Well, see, that's the thing. So it's it's like it's like a, a smartwatch, but it's a little bit bigger, and it fits in your pocket. And that is like my dream come true. If I could just have that thing only, it was like, Jason, okay, it was like the Zoolander phone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I want. I want a small thing in my pocket. All the phones today are too big, in my opinion. They're all too big. I wish that I could have a phone that was 50% the size of what I've got right now. You, you could. They make smaller phones. Not, they're called flip phones, and I almost went for one of those. I wish you had. Yeah. Because we could have mocked you endlessly for I, it. I was, I was this close, man. I was this close. But, but losing, going back to the T9 was just not something I'm ready to do. Get a um, slider. <laughs> 
they don't sell sliders anymore. Everything that I saw at Verizon was a flip phone, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but if I had something with a slide-out keyboard, I would be all over that. One of the things that Apple patented a while back was uh-huh. bendable screens. Um, so the thought process was that they were going to make a phone that was sure. half the size that just folded out to yeah, something well, bigger. Well, Samsung, Samsung has that now, right? It's not like it's not like the future tech that they were talking about, though, right? It was like literally that you had this like thin screen that would just like pop out and do everything. Yeah, it looked really cool. Yeah, well, the so. Samsung one looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I haven't neat. even seen it. It's not Apple, so why would I care? So you don't right? It doesn't exist, right? Here's the thing: Apple's not perfect by any means, but I mean, I'm 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 in, right? Yeah, I'm in. Like half the time now when I'm working, if you send me a message, well, not, no, yeah, it still will because you don't have to have an iPhone to send me a message on my computer. But when I get a text message, it pops up on my computer because I have them uh-huh. linked. So I can literally just just answer questions right off my, like, I love it. I'm working. Boom. I'm texting you. I don't even have to look at my phone. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you just said you wanted, except for it's built into my computer. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> it's not at all what I was talking about. So, yeah. um... <clears throat> All right. Are we still talking about your phone? No, I'm done. Okay, let's move on. Great. Here's what I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, so please. This will be spoiler free because yeah. I'm not finished with it yet, but I'm watching the Umbrella Academy. Oh, good. Right? Okay. I'm five or six episodes in. Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Uh, I really enjoy it. So I'm going to say this. Nothing is nearly as good as the first episode. Okay. The pilot, at least as far as five episodes in, the pilot is the pinnacle of that show. You think so? It okay. is. Um, that, the pilot reminded me of the lost pilot. Uh-huh. As to, like when I watched it, I was just like, "This is something different." Yeah, you know what I mean, like yeah. in a really positive it way. It is that, yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, the Tiffany scene is, and I think I sent yeah. you was is one of the. the it's so good, right? It's, it it just it's not just there to like, oh, let's have this funny. I mean, it's yeah. it has meaning and it. it's perfect. It, and, and that it's, last shot of it when it pans out, right. and it's just it's so good and it could it could have been it could have been just really stupid and, and right. hammy but it comes across so genuine and so earnest in 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 its execution right. that it's right. it immediately endeared you i mean i already started to like all those characters but in that scene it really made me be like oh i care about all these people already right. already right. right i'm i'm completely endeared to them at, at that point right. Uh, yeah, no, I love it. So you said you're five episodes in? Five episodes in. So here's my... Well, what I do want to say is <clears throat> the next scene directly following that, it didn't click to me until the next day, but I personally think like they were trying to say like that scene impacted what happened in the next scene. Um, do you remember what happened in the next scene? I, I don't recall specifically. I'm going to say it. You can just cut it. So just cut that part. Um, but so five episodes in, six episodes, I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, I love the characters. The characters are great. Yeah. Um, they take some unexpected turns. They sure do. It goes in a good way. But here's, and I'm really hoping this by the end, this will change. Okay. But some of the big story arc things in, in episode one mm-hmm. weren't foreshadowed. They were telegraphed so blatantly sure that some things are completely like the things that really matter not surprising mm-hmm. that's kind of annoying like like okay. um well we should we should talk more when we're not recording so we can right. have a more frank conversation right. but yeah so that that's my now granted i'm not done sure so they could be lulling me into a false sense of believing i know what's going to happen and then just jacking mm-hmm. with me at the end right sure. absolutely could be happening yeah but it doesn't feel like that right now. Right sure. now, it feels kind of like I thought this was going to happen, and this is what's happening. Yeah, and, and um, I, I agree with you on that. That there, there are there are parts of the story that the audience was well aware that uh, of the situation long before the characters were. Yes, and I, yeah, and so yeah, I, I, it's def, it's not by any stretch a perfect show, and right. I would never say that it is. No, no, but it, it's really so, the the characters are what makes that show so good. Yes, right. Um, Oh my gosh, like the characters, they're all very diverse, very mm-hmm. different, yep. well, diverse like as people, but just diverse as characters, like yeah. uh, with their emotions and in, 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 uh, it's good. It's really good. It's good, yeah. Um, it, yeah. I can't wait to see how it ends. Um, and I think it got renewed. So, I think so. I hope um, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, uh, I, I think uh, the first episode and then the last three, I, the, that, the, the arc across the last three, I thought was really, really exciting. Great, great. Cause yeah. 
I'm kind of in the lull where they're, they're, they were focusing on one character for episode. Yeah. Which, depending on the character they were focusing on, kind of determine how interesting that episode sure. was going to be. Sure. Um, they do a lot of work in, in those in interim episodes between like from like three to five. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of work in there that that they that can feel a little tedious at times. But I, I feel like it's 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 a lot of work that I don't know. They could have streamlined right. that to some degree, but I think it, it was worth doing to get to that that last That's three, cool. especially the last two. Really, okay. That's good to know. And the other thing they do that I, I'm impressed with is so there's some random side plots that feel very unnecessary mm-hmm. that are really entertaining, mm-hmm. um, like uh, like Hazel and Cha Cha getting to know them a bit more. Like <laughs> they're love, fantastic. I love those two, right? Yeah. Um, and like they could have been just throwaway characters no one cares about. Yeah. Uh, like Hazel talking to the one lady all the time. Like that's one of my favorite things right now. And like which yeah. is it's it's a it's a waste what of time. What does that have to do? With, but it's, it's so great. Like yeah. it's you know what I mean. Like yeah. so. Um, and I love that Mary J. Blige is one of like she's great. Why not? Like she's yeah, fantastic. Sure. She is great. She does, she handles like, that character really well. And uh, and those two were just the chemistry they have. Like as they feel like they've been partners for a long time. Yep. And they just kind of want to punch each other. It, yep. Honestly, it, it reminds me of you and I sitting at this table, right? It's a lot like <laughs> yeah, that, right? You know? But no, you, they, there's this there's a built in history yeah. that feels real yeah um yeah so and i would say that i pivot about every second episode as to who my favorite uh Mm -hmm. uh, one of the academy is like because they're all very very well developed like that's for sure they're all very well developed Mm -hmm. um anyways uh it's a good show yeah uh okay one other thing i want to talk about before we talk about games okay this is about the show so it's okay Uh oh uh two things actually i want to talk about first of all uh, for those of you who listen through the show all the way to the end, like you should be, yep. uh, our friend Chris Michaud, uh, yep. your moderator, Chris, as many people know him, uh, made us a jingle for the end of the show, you may have heard, uh, about using the not using the email and instead calling us. Yep. Uh, 770-HOTEL-BTG. Yeah. Please don't use the email. And here's the best part. More people have been calling us. <laughs> Good. So, so that's a win, Chris. Uh, but also just thank you. Um, yeah, Chris, man, holy cow! And that we didn't ask for that. He just he just sprung that on us. Yeah, one day. yeah, yeah. So um, well, it was the episode he was on with me. We like he we joked, made that he made a joke, as a about joke it, right? and then two months later it was just like, oh, by the way, I did this for you guys. Right. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, holy cow! Chris is an amazing human being. Um, uh, full stop. Yep. Yep. So uh, thank you for that. My uh, children uh, love the jingle. <laughs> um, my three year four year old daughter, almost five year old daughter now. Uh, will walk around after my seven-year-old son keeps saying to him, Josiah, stop using the email. You're not supposed to use the email, Josiah. Don't use the email. Please, please don't use the email. And he gets really, really pissed about it. Um, to the point where I've actually had to tell her to stop, but it's really funny. Yeah. But now in my family, for somebody to just blurt out the jingle is completely normal, including my wife. Yeah, so that's good. Well done. Next thing. Yeah. <clears throat> so... Iron Design Challenge. IDC 2019. 2019. It's time to start talking about this. We're going to do things a little differently this year. Yeah. Um, we had some plans. Some of them fell through. It's okay. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, they were tenuous at best, right? <laughs> I mean, it's us. Um, here's the deal, though. Here's yeah. the deal. This is the dealio, as right. they say. No we, one says that. Um, they used to, though. You just said that. I did say that. So yeah. some you're going to say it again at some point in the future, too, aren't you? <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's really... T- uh, yeah, it's really... Yeah. I just want to say it now. But anyways, uh, so here's the deal. I almost said it. You almost but I did it. it. I caught myself. Um, we have... You've probably seen this on Twitter, if you're on Twitter. Uh, we have shared an application form that Rob and I worked very hard on. Uh, you can actually now apply to be a contestant on... I, I I might I might say uh, a champion. It might be a better word than than contestant. Well, I don't know. There's champions and there's contestants. You know, champion, Juli Nosario. Champion, Nicole Amato. Champion, Jason Tagmeyer. Champion, Ben Pinchback. Is that all of them? Ryan, no, that's only four. Ryan Keller. Champion Ryan Keller. We never see that guy anymore, man. He's, Come on, he's Ryan. Gone. Yeah. Get out of California, bro. I miss Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> but then. But then. Contestants. I mean, honestly, most of the contest- the others were. I would still consider them champions. Mills contestant. Other than that, though, you know, yeah. So, anyways, here's the deal. Okay. Um, we uh, put in an application to be a contestant. Anyone can apply. We're taking applications from any and all. Any and all. 
understand a couple things mm-hmm. by submitting an application. If you are chosen, you probably won't be because I'm sure millions of people will apply. Literally millions. We had a designer once say to us, this is on my bucket list. This is on my game design bucket list. Mm-hmm. What a sad person that must be. Jeez, oh, I mean, how terrible is your life, dude? I know, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I no offense, but... Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but we're looking for honest answers to these questions, these yeah. really tough questions. We spent some time on this, guys. That's that's kind of the point we're making here. We, we spent some time on this. A lot. We wanted to make sure that... Um, because, because, okay, every year we do things a little bit differently, right? And we don't do things differently just to do them differently right we want the idc to be the best it could possibly be and we're not we're not afraid to make dramatic changes to the process yeah. if we feel like it's going to make change yeah. make it better i mean to date it's only gotten worse yeah. right i mean that's everybody knows that and, and we're honest about that but maybe this time maybe this change maybe this change will not be worse yeah maybe you can make it better. I mean, I was going to say it couldn't possibly get worse. I think we said that the last three years, but, and it got worse, but I, listen, we, we, we want you. That's what we're saying. We want you to like us mostly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but please go out there, fill it out. Uh, yeah. If you're going to be a Gen Con, that's helpful, uh, but fill it out. Even if you're not, why not? Um, I mean, what are we going to do with your answers? Uh, we can't tell you. I don't know. But we can tell you this, uh, that you uh, should submit a, a thing. So right. check Twitter. It'll be out there on Twitter. I, um, I, I mean, in all seriousness, we absolutely will be picking our contestants from the people who enter uh, on this. Yes. We will not be... If you do not enter, you will not be chosen. Right. Period. Um, End of sentence. Full stop. Hashtag. Right. That's right. Right. We are serious about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. We we are serious about this, and and uh, and that's something we want to do. We're, we're going to try this. Um, we want to try and, uh, and this is something we talked about before. We we want to make sure that we're reaching more people, right? And that we're we're uh, giving opportunities to more people who are outside just our circle of friends. You know, we want to be. It's about inclusivity, right? In reaching reaching more people, sharing the fun of this with more people. Right. Yeah. And every year, it's it gets a little more difficult trying to do that, right? Right, right. Um, and we've been very fortunate to know some really cool people. Um, but uh, just reaching out doesn't always do it. So right. that's why this... Uh, we, and we've also... I mean, we've had more than one person say to us, like, how do I get involved with this, right? Yeah. Guess what? This is how. This is how. This is how. It's how you do. Um yeah, so uh, please, please enter if you're interested. Uh, I mean, keep in mind, you're going to be standing up in front of a room full of people and we're going to expect you to act like an idiot. Um, so. You will be embarrassed, but luckily, not as embarrassed probably as us. Right. So, Oh, this this is, uh, yeah, I, all the failures will fall on our shoulders, but you might still end up looking stupid in the process. Um, ooh, ooh. Yeah. We also, I believe, have all three judges... Oh, yeah, sets. we do. So Good. I, I'm not willing to announce the head judge at this point. Not yet. Uh, obviously, Jason Katarski will be one. Right, because he was last year's right. second wanna, winner. Do you want to announce the Builder one? Uh, just, I, just do it uh, or do you want to wait? Yeah, let's wait. Let's get let's one wait. more time. Okay, sorry, Builder one, if you're listening. Yeah. You should be because you're the Builder judge, so right. I hope you're listening to yeah. the show. Let's give a little more time. Uh, we're going to have a little more time, but you may be the first one that we announce. Yeah. If we don't forget that we said that. <laughs> you may want to remind us. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're very excited. This... Uh, what I'll say is this builder judge was somebody uh, we've talked to in the past, uh, and it hasn't timing hasn't worked out, and this year it is, and it's we're really jazzed. It's about good, it. yeah, it's good. So, so um, that's enough about that. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, please once uh, if you've seen this on Twitter, we'll make sure we we tweet about it several times over the coming months. Um, please please enter, please share it also. Yeah, please, please share retweet it. it for us. That's really helpful. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We'll. I'll probably be tweeting it constantly. You're gonna. You should have put to something on it. Facebook, Jason, on our Facebook page. You should do that. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah. People seem Every to like. Once the in a Facebook. while, people will message us on there. It's really weird. Yeah. I mean, I don't like Facebook, but I I, I understand that other people find right. value in it. Right. So you should, and you have a Facebook. I and we have a page. So we you have made a page right. that I've never seen. Right. And I, <laughs> to be fair, I haven't looked at it in probably two years. Okay, well, I only get messages from people, and then I look at those messages. I'll share it on the Facebook page. Why not? Sure. Why Whoa, not? doesn't hurt anything. Um, so this should have already been out for a good week by the time you're hearing about this. Yeah. So right. Uh, so yeah, maybe you've already done that. Great. Don't do it again. That's just annoying. 
Don't be so needy. Well, look, they can do what they want, man. True. true. Don't judge them. True. Don't well, judge them. That's literally what we're going to do, Rob. That's a good point. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Well, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> that's actually the thing. We're going to judge I mean, them, and then un- three other people will judge them. Maybe, yeah. if, they get, if they were judged <laughs> right. fairly the first time. <laughs> cool. All right. Moving on. So What's we our had, topic? We had a topic uh, sent to us. Uh, I'm pulling it up right now on my sweet, sweet iPhone. <laughs> Just get that dig in there. Get that little dig right in there, man. You're damn right. Uh, okay. This came from Winsmith Games. Uh, Winsmith Games. You said, adding strategy to dexterity games uh, so that they go beyond dexterity-based skill and have you all designed any dexterity games. So yes, that I like that topic because I do too. Um, well, frankly, because I'm not great at um, I'm not great at uh, dexterity dexterity games at physical challenges. Physic the physical. I'll take the physical challenge. Right. Never have I said that. No, um, nor have I. So, uh, anyways, if that so not being great at that, but I'm pretty good at strategy and I like strategy games. Mm-hmm. So the idea of creating a dexterity game that relies heavily on strategy. Sounds like fun to mm-hmm. me. Um, now, I'm sure there are a bunch of games that do this already. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, theoretically, any dexterity game involves some level of strategy. It has to, right? right? I mean, it has to. Yeah. I mean, I can't. I'm trying to think of a dexterity game that would not involve any strategy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond the physical act of doing something, uh, I, I mean, with something like like uh, something simple like darts, right? Darts. You have to throw the dart at the board. That is that is kind of the extent of the physical prowess. Mm-hmm. But but there is still strategy in in what version, uh, what set of rules you're right, using right. when you're playing darts, right? And right. it's a mix of strategy. What am I shooting for? And physical skill. How good am I at hitting the target that I'm shooting for? Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and there's all kinds of things like that. Um, right. Yeah. I, I might point yeah point you and the builders toward a little game that uh, some people like to call simple surgery, uh, which is a dexterity game where you are pulling cards out of a deck uh, with a pair of tweezers, trying mm-hmm. to knock, not to knock over a stack of cubes that are stacked up on top. There's strategy in that? So there's strategy in that, <laughs> in in the terms of, of what you're pulling, because cause on your turn, there's going to be a series of cards laid on the table that are, have different goals for you, right? And, and, and this one's going to say, I need to pull one card, and this one's going to say, I need to pull two cards, and this one's going to say, I need to pull three cards, or you know whatever happens to be randomly dealt out there. And you can look at those selections, and the more cards you pull, the 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 more points you're going to get within the time limit, because because that's part of the challenge, right? The harder it is, the more points it's worth. And you're going to look at that, and you're going to look at the at this this deck of cards, and it's going to be a messy deck with with cards sticking out in every direction. And so you have to look at the um, look at the the deck and what cards might seem to be accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what what you're targeting, what you what you actually want to pull out of there, like you know, if if uh, one of these things has a red card on it, and and there's no red card sticking out, I'm probably not going to go for that one, right? Because it's going to be really hard to get that red card, find a red card in the deck. Um, and so the strategy around that, or you know, maybe maybe I'm lagging behind in points, and I want to take a chance on the more difficult one to get caught up. So that's part of part of strategy there, but it's still primarily a dexterity game, right? <clears throat> right, right, um, and I feel like what he's saying is like, re- like real strategy, right? Yeah, like, yeah, you know, I, I that's the tone that I get from him, right? right. So I, I just <clears throat> that's all just to say that you know, strategy, some form, some measure of strategy in most dexterity is present in most dexterity games. Yes. Nearly, nearly all, I have to assume, right? Otherwise, it, yeah, um, you're just throwing a ball at a target, right? With with no. No goal other than to hit the the center of the target. Right, and th- that makes me think of uh, Maximum Throwdown mm-hmm. uh, by Tokatarski, uh, another Jason by Mr. <laughs> Tagmeyer from a very long time ago. That was the he like, got that published like right after we met him or just before we met him. So that is a, a wrestling game where you're tossing cards. Um, yeah, and you know depending on where they land and who they land on, they have different effects and such. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that um, is maybe more up the lines of what Mr. Winsmith Games mm-hmm. is talking about. <clears throat> yeah, it also makes me think of Flower Fall. Do you remember Flower Fall? Yep, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
but I'm not sure. Throwing cards is something that somebody can get skilled at with practice. Dropping cards and, and hoping that they fall the way you want to, I, I don't know. I don't know. I may, Maybe you can get good at that. I don't really right, know. Right, right. Uh, another good example, actually, would be Cosmic Kaboom by our oh, friend certainly. Matt Loomis. Yeah. Uh, because you are just trying to smash things, uh, but what you're trying to smash together resources uh, by flicking discs at it, mm-hmm. um, you know, other than just can I make that shot, yeah. right? There's the strategy of is that the smart move to do right now? Should I do that now before that thing goes away? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's really, um, you know, that that I think is a good example of that. It's mm-hmm. also a really fun game. I like that yeah. one. Uh, so, yeah. So, so I think, you know, and there's different ways to think about dexterity different different i mean okay the better way to put that um dexterity can take that that dexterity label can can take many different forms so so in terms of um in terms of strategy i i think you can make a complex strategy game with a dexterity element if you think about the dexterity element as that randomizer right as yes. as the the substitute or the, the the mechanic in place of a die roll or a shuffled deck or something to that effect right um, having some some measure of randomness or chaos or unpredictability uh, is is often a key driver in many uh, heavy strategy games of course of course um, yeah so so uh, yeah um, I don't know what more there is to say other than, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> wow, wow. Nail that topic about three minutes. That's great. Um, I mean, we could go on and think of some other games, or I don't know, maybe we could, should pick a game that um, we already know and try and add a dexterity element to it in let's, place of that. Let's do that. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at my game shelf over there. Let's do Stone Age. We haven't talked about Stone Age. Do you remember how to play Stone Age? Sure. So... Um, technically there is a slight dexterity element to that. You're rolling dice. You're rolling dexterity. dice. That's the ram- randomizer. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. mean, it's not. So, okay. So instead of, instead of, uh, that, let's take out the dice. Um, what if we say that, you know, in your stone age board, they've got the different sections, right? Where you put mm-hmm. your, uh, put your things. What if you put your guys there, right? Um, to, in the beginning to claim, this is the spot where I'm going to go. But then there are little spaces within there, right? Um, yeah. that you're going for. You take your guys off that. And then you could be tossing them, trying to land on the resources, right? Um, uh, so you're trying to, you know, land your guy on different um, little areas. Like, so, so if for, I wanted to get stone, I would have to toss my guy into the quarry. Yes, and and, and different areas of the quarry would get you would net you different okay. amounts. So right? it would almost be like targets or quadrants or something, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and if you could get multiple guys into the same spot, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe that has a different impact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you only get you know the one with the highest concentration of people, which means if I'm really good at the game, I could put one person there mm-hmm. and get just as much as you could with three or four. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a huge swing in that game. You know, here, here's an, in, another layer to that, maybe. So we were talking last week about uh, about metal coins. So what if, what if uh, instead of meeples that you're tossing around, mm-hmm. uh, what if as you're playing the game, you can buy coins? And and there are three different types of coins. Um, what, and, and there are there are two faces on the coins. Okay, so so there's there's a you know we can just be simple. We can say there's a plus and a minus. Okay. Uh, um, so the, uh, the, and one of the coin has a plus on one side and a minus on the other side. One of the coins has a minus on both sides and one of the coins has a plus on both sides. Okay. And plus and minus is not the right way to do it, but we're going to go with that because it's simple. And what you're going to do is you're going to, you're going to, uh, when it's time to, to choose one of your workers to, to go out to one of those areas, you're going to choose one of those three coins and you're going to flip that coin onto the board. And and it'll land somewhere on that target or in those quadrants, which will help you decide. Will help you determine how many resource, resources you're going to get. And if you but uh, if you put a plus down, then it's it's a guaranteed plus. But that coin, the bonus is not as good with that coin. Um, if you put the plus or minus down, if you get the plus side, then you get an extra bonus. But if you get a minus, then it's not lost. I don't know. But you see where I'm going with this, right? That you you decide you, you 
pick, you, you know, I, I definitely want a plus because a plus means whatever in this context. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to, 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 as a kind of a guarantee, a safety thing, but I don't exactly know where on the board it's going to land and what my result's going to be. I've got a plus or minus, which gives me a little more flex based on where it lands. I get a little more flexibility mm-hmm. or I put a minus down and, and, uh, um, uh, a minus, I'm always going to get a higher number, but there's some other, so, so, but based on what, what you choose to flip out there, you can't control where it's going to land necessarily though, though it is clearly based on your own flip of the coin. Um, but by choosing what the, what the face result will be, what, 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 either, either choosing in advance or leaving that to chance will change the picture, change the outcome in some way. If and I think that was kind of a roundabout way, but I think you you understand where I was going. With that. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that's something where it is another layer on top of that of not just tossing a meeple. It adds randomness to on top of the dexterity piece. Yeah, yeah, right. But it, yeah, so it, but not only randomness if you choose it, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It allows you to to bet basically, right? Exactly. Like, you know, gamble a little. It's bit. almost a little bit of a wager. Um, so yeah, you could totally do that and drive some mechanics. Around resource collection and maybe even some some uh, additional bonuses or something. Cool. Yeah. Not bad. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. I would like to play that that version of Stone Age. Just yeah. use pennies. Yeah, you, you know? can totally do that with pennies. Yeah. You could write on one side. It's illegal, but go for it. Well, I mean, they already have different bases on them. Um. Anyway, yeah. Cool. So that's the thing. That was great. I'm interested in this. I am too. You're going to pitch a game now? I'm going to pitch a game. So, okay. Winsmith Games, actually, also super into dexterity, um, suggested that we pitch a dexterity game with a hidden role. With a hidden role as in R-O-L-E. Yes. Hidden roles. Yeah. Okay. Hidden roles dexterity game. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, I'm going to do something kind of like that, that I thought of um, just now. So, uh, well, I did look at this about 15 minutes ago. Uh, okay. And then I, we decided I was going to do it, but... Uh, yeah, so we've been talking on the show. I've been mostly ignoring you so that I could come up with this cool idea. Sounds like you. All right, so here's the deal. Um, so this game is a meeple assassination game, uh, dexterity, um, or um, Codenames uh, Meeple Assassination Edition, something like that, right? Here's how the game works. Okay. Okay. Here's how the game works. The beginning of the game, uh-huh. you are... Uh, given a uh, um, you've got a deck of cards and the deck of cards have meeples on them right the meeples are painted like you know we get those fancy painted meeples they've got yeah. like all the different things about them right yeah. so the meeples are painted kind of in a guess who style right to where they have different features about them Maybe hang on glasses. this is my game man this is my guess who game yeah but though no it's no. not it's a dexterity guess who game but uh okay. It's not. It's not your game. Okay. It's going to be meeples on the table. It's not oh. going to be your guess. And you're not going to flip them down and bet on who's going to be the last one standing? No, not okay. at all. Okay, all right, good. No, all right, go on then. Go on. So, so okay, here's the deal. I've get, we're, There's a card for each meeple, right? So you pick which meeples you want to use. Uh, maybe you pick those randomly. Actually, you're probably better off dealing out uh, seven random cards. And then, um, so maybe 10 cards, right? Deal out 10 cards, Okay. Uh, we look at what all those cards are. We find those 10 meeples. We set them out. Then we shuffle the cards up, give each person one card, put the other ones off to the side, right? So now I know which meeple I am, and you know which meeple you are, right? Mm-hmm. And we're assassins. And my job is to assassinate your meeple before you assassinate mine. So okay? this is two. So this is four players. So you want to be the last man standing. This could be two players, or it could be four players, okay. or it could be three players, right? Okay. So uh, I think the number of meeples increases the number of, um, but here's the thing. So ahead. so if there, so we got four players and we got 10 meeples out there, but only four of them have been assigned. Yes. Okay. So, and I would say that it's at least six additional compared to what you have. In a okay. four player game, I maybe would suggest 12, right? Okay. right. Um, maybe it's uh, each player plus four. So that would be actually 16 for a four. So each player plus three, we'll go with that. Okay. So there's 12 in a four player game. Now, there's also cards laid out. Uh, maybe it's just one big mat, right? And on that mat are the um, uh, are different features that the character could have. Glasses, uh, hair color, hat, uh, certain types of clothing, right? On your turn, looking at these, mm-hmm. everyone 
has to take a token and put it face down on one of those things, right? And everybody will have different, everybody will have their own color tokens, right? Uh, and one side of the token has a check mark, like, I have this. The other side has an X, like, I don't have this, right? And at the same time, everybody places out, like, in order, I place, you place, blah, blah, around the table, and then we all flip and reveal, right? So we flip and reveal at the same time. We flip and reveal those things. <laughs> flip and reveal that crap. Yeah. So when you do that, mm-hmm. now we've got, we can see, like, Rob does not, Rob's character does not have glasses, right? And you're trying to strategically give us bad information because here's the deal. You can only target someone if you have good intel on them. Having good intel means you could say, I'm going to take out Rob's character right now, and that's going to be a character without glasses with a baseball cap, and then I'm going to flick a, um, a little bullet thing, just a disc, right, to try and hit them. And if I can hit, and I hit that meeple, I take him out, and then Rob has to confirm whether or not that was actually him. Mm. If it was him, he, uh, um, hmm. Yeah, I hate to have him be eliminated. Yeah. That's always kind of lame. Yeah. So, can it be? I just, I wonder, because flicking. It's really hard to hit a target flicking, especially if they're like laid out on a table like that. It might be nice if there was some kind of like a catapult or something, you know? Because catapulting is easier well, than that, flicking. That's like you can you can feel like you know that's something that that you you lob it up and down, right? And and you can kind of play with that a few times and get a sense for for momentum and you can also kind of turn it and angle it and move it around the table to under position your launch point. I think I might like that better as a catapult game than a flicking game. I don't really like the, I mean, catapult feels very unthematic. Well, is this medieval? Like sure. It's it's a, it's your seed people castles. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) My niece's favorite game is called jump, jumping monkeys where you have to use little plastic catapults to launch monkeys to hook onto um, a tree, mm-hmm. and then you get bananas. But she doesn't care about the bananas. She mostly just wants to flick the monkeys on the catapults. Okay. I don't know how I feel. So I would agree that maybe flicking is not the best way to do it. I was going to say slingshot, but that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you just use you use like a, like a little suction cup gun. Just a little spring-loaded gun that shoots little suction cup darts. That actually would be great. That'd be great because you're assa- you're assassinating somebody, right? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, you could you could even make it so it's, a, it's something you have to hang on the wall, and you put the put faces on. You don't even need meeples in that case. And you have to you have to tar- shoot at the wall and hit your target. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. No, that's actually that I, helps a lot. I think this is actually a pretty 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 feasible idea here. Yeah. Well, and it could actually be a using Julio style. Yeah. It could actually just be the box. You stand oh, the yeah. box up, and inside you s- adhere like the pe- well, people. You just have them all printed on there. You don't even need to change the order if you always work with the same number of of people. But in a two player game, the same number of people. Yeah. Actually, you could even have the inside of the box printed on one side is like four players yeah. is uh, three to four players. And the other side is one is, is two players. Yeah. Or for that matter, you could just have pre-printed sheets and you put the, the two player th- sheet in the bottom of the box, the three player sheet in the bottom of the box, four player sheet in the bottom of the box. Yeah. And then you'd just yeah. be turning the box to mm-hmm. see. And then I wouldn't even necessarily know who you were shooting at. Right. And the nice thing about that is it means that you don't have to worry about um, uh, like collateral damage. Yeah. Like, you know, knock another crap over and have to set it back up. Right. Yeah. So, if you take the shot, um, if you take the shot and uh, don't hit anyone, nothing happens. If you hit someone who was not your target, you then uh, you lose points somehow, right? Yeah. And if you hit someone and you hit someone who is your target, then you. In fact, it could really just be. The first person to figure out who the target is wins, right? Yeah. So once fine. I take one of the people out, then I've won. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah, you could totally do that. Yeah, great. There we go. That's a game. Yeah. Boom. 
print it. Boom! Actually, I, the, the bad thing about the gun is it's a pain to manufacture and put in there. Yeah. Because other than that, like that game is super simple. You wouldn't have to go out and, and engineer your own new gun. There's a thousand companies in China, I'm sure, that would ha- be happy to sell you True. a spring-loaded toy gun. Oh, it could just be a rubber band gun. Oh, yeah. Like a you little rubber band gun that um could fire a sticky dart somehow? Because yeah. it's got to fire the sticky dart, right? I mean, Otherwise, you don't know what it hit. Right. So that's right. You know, that's a big deal. Yeah. Boom. Winsmith Games. Uh, there you go. There you go. Done for you. Just for you. It's all yours. Packaged up from Jason's mind to your heart. It's what I do. It's what I do. It's what I do. It's the only thing you know. It's how to just make people happy. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Do we have any uh, voicemails to listen to tonight? Let me find one. I'm sure we do. Uh, think about the voicemails, guys. Hey, we've been getting more of these, and we appreciate it, Builders, for sending those in. So we would like to have a whole episode devoted to answering voicemails. So here's what we're asking for. Uh, for people who have not, um, for pe- for uh, for voicemails, we would like some voicemails, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, you can leave as many as you want, uh, but we're going to do one per person. Uh, and the goal is to get like five or 10 of these that we can play in one episode and be a whole episode devoted to that. Um, yep. So, uh, yeah, I have an email here, so I'm going to read the email. Good. From our Australian fan, Tom Cox. All right. Hi, Tom. Love Tom. Good day, Rob and Jason. Greetings from sunny Melbourne, Australia, where I've been listening to your podcast on a daily basis, especially on long road trips. I will admit, after listening to the discussion on 1.5x speed, which I didn't know was possible, I did adjust my player to 1.3x uh, speed, uh, which is the perfect mix of comedic timing, and uh, I've been able to catch up on many episodes. I'm still behind. I think I'm at episode 288 now. He's closing in. Ugh. I have a couple of questions for you regarding a few of my designs and what to do with them. I now have designed and prototyped six games after getting into the hobby about a year and a half ago. That's a good number. It's great, yeah. Uh, uh, and I think I'm ready to do my first pitch to publishers uh, for one of my games. The main question I have is uh, that my game really rewards multiple plays and mastering it over several games, but doesn't always reveal its selling features on the first playthrough. Oh, dude, I know that problem. Yeah. Um, knowing I might only get one chance to make a good impression with my game, I'm looking for some tips on how to describe it in a sell sheet for a publisher. I haven't heard you discuss sell sheets much and would love to hear your thoughts on them. I hope you're both well, and I really love the show. Uh, I'm still trying to find copies of Saloon Tycoon on Real Estate, but they seem to be hard to find in Australia. All the best, Tom Cox. Yeah, Saloon Tycoon's out of print now, um, and I think Van Ryder's sold out. You can find it on uh, Amazon in in America. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how tough that would be. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it'd be expensive they have uh, like out there for AU or something. Yeah, I, I have to assume, but um, it would probably be expensive to, to ship out there. Um, okay, sell sheets are really tough, right? Sell sheets are really tough. Um, yeah, I, I've had the most luck with sell sheets that are visually interesting, um, but that also don't let don't let the graphic design step in front of the of showing what's fun about the game um i think you need you need at a bare minimum you need uh some kind of you need the name of the game up at the top easy to read Uh, a lot of a lot of people go with fancy logo treatments and that's okay but not at the loss of, uh, and this is kind of graphic de- design opinion that I have, but not at the loss of readability, right? Right. People need to be able to look at that and understand what that says right away, okay? And this for this, I suggest going to 1001fonts.com, <laughs> finding a font that looks cool but yeah. is readable. Sure. Uh, that kind of fits the style of your game and just make a little logo yeah. with it. And, and I mean, side note, everybody makes fun of the Avatar logo for the movie for using the papyrus font, but you know what? Everybody knows what Avatar is and you saw that word and you could read it instantly. So, right. y- you know, th- there, there is, and it wasn't technically the papyrus font, but no, but it was based on that. Yes. Y- anyway. So, so uh, readability is more important than any other design there. So, so make sure it's clear what your, what your game is called. And, and if that name can tell the reader something about what this game is and, and what it feels like to play, all the better. Names are really important. Um, they're catchy, and, the, and and based on a name alone, people make an assumption about what this game, whether it's fun or not. So 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 
that's something I struggle a lot with is picking the right name. Um, sometimes they just click for you and it feels right from the first time. And other times you could just agonize over that for years. I know I have. Um, you need one picture of the game. Um, don't just use whatever random you picture, picture you've taken at some point during playtesting. Take the time to set up the game on a table, right? And organize it and make it look make it look coherent, right? Um, uh, don't just make it, make sure it doesn't just look like a bunch of scattered pieces all over the place. Make sure it looks like something that's well organized and well composed. Take the time to do that. Because again, some people are going to want to glance at that and say, okay, I think I just from this, I think I can see, I see that this is well organized. I see that these are things that are going to work together somehow. They don't have to know at this, that point how they, how they work, but that making, taking the time to make sure that the picture of your game that you put in there looks thoughtfully laid out is really, really important. Right. Um, content wise, you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to put too much text on there. I, what I do when I'm laying one of those things out is I will write like three or four paragraphs of description about, about what, you know, I, I like to do some kind of a thematic introduction. I like to talk about, um, uh, you know, what is this game mechanically and how does it play? Uh, and then the third thing I would say is, is describe what, what is fun about this, right? Say three paragraphs. And then what I do is I take those three paragraphs and I say, how can I barrel that down to three sentences? Right. You know, how, how can I, those are the messages that I want to get across. How can I cut that down to three sentences that somebody can read in a matter of seconds right. and get that feeling from. And Neil and I are working on right now together. And for ours, what we did was the center, right? Really grabs your attention. It's three pictures and three sentences mm-hmm. about why the game is cool. And then off to the side, we've got another area where we've got a nice paragraph that gives you some more depth on the game, mm-hmm. but you don't have to read that. Right. The tagline, yeah. the thing, the three sentences, you get it. Sure. If you want to know more, you can read the right. paragraph, but you don't have to. Right. And if you're going to do that, make sure that paragraph does not just say those same things again also. No, it doesn't. That, yeah. That's the point. That's right. another yeah. key thing there, right? And I think having having more information in there is valuable, um, but, but don't just say the same thing with more words. Make right. that separate paragraph... If so, I want to read more about this, so I'm going to read this paragraph. Oh, I didn't relearn anything more about this game. Then that right. you just wasted right. their time. Right. Um, but the biggest section of ours and should be of yours is something to grab their attention, grab their eyes, and make them say, "Ooh, this looks worthwhile." Yeah. And yeah, especially focus on your setup if your game is visually interesting. If there's something different about it, mm-hmm. like the way it sets up, like Saloon Tycoon, right? Of course, in your cell suits, you had it 3D because sure. that gets people's attention, you yeah. know. Yeah, but above all else, it, it you need you need to make it easier for people to see what what is fun about the game. Um, yeah, and, and then in terms of advice for for you, you're saying the game the game reveals its fun after a, several plays. Um, uh, that's that adds to your challenge. I would say do your best to to make sure that. There, even if they're players are not finding all the strategy the first time through, do everything you can to at least help them have fun the first time. Because if they're not, if they didn't have fun the first time, they're less likely to come back and play it a second time and find that fun later. Um, and 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 it's okay if that fun is is the strategy because because that's that's the audience you're going to attract with that. Um, okay, those are my quick and hasty thoughts based on few years of making sell sheets awesome keeping in mind it's not like i've had a ton of success either so <laughs> all right we're gonna do one voicemail here all right because with this one that went a little longer of discussion so we're gonna do one voicemail and then we'll have a couple for next week okay bg just got done finishing uh episode 351 and i have this this thought and i've never really shared this and if this can get played, it's fine. It's not really, I don't know. Been in the game since about 2011. As the game space has grown, I followed it and I listened to a lot of podcasts. There's always been these moments that I've been like, well, you're going to, that's either going to bite you or that's, that's a pretty prolific comment there. That's going to be something. One of them that I remember the most was, I remember when people used to hate on legacy games when Rich Legacy first came out and everyone used to hate on it and it's not possible and it's just too much. And then Pandemic Legacy came out, and everyone's like, it's the greatest thing in the world! Oh! And it's, it's, the space has changed, right, you know? Anyways, I didn't say anything about that. 
doesn't even matter. That show, episode three five one, I think that is the beginning of something special for the board game community, and uh, I think it's going to have an impact in the years to come and the decades to come. Um, what uh, GameCrafter is doing, what you guys are talking about, uh, you planted some seeds, and I think the uh, care and watering is going to keep going on. And uh, I appreciate you guys for making 351 episodes. Thanks, guys. Bye. Well, thanks, Len. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, um, I, that that's I think one one of my uh, my favorite things that we we've done on the show. Having JT on, having that conversation, I thought was was fantastic. Um, yes. JT is clearly a smart guy. We still need to follow up with him on that uh, that live training uh, that we we talked about. Um, I think we were thinking about targeting that, doing that sometime in April. So yes, so we need to work that out. Um, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I all credit goes to JT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He offered to come on the show, right. and uh, then he talked about a lot of good stuff right. so appreciated it because we're we're a couple of knuckleheads and and you know how our, our conversations usually go so that's all on jt's side um all on jt's side yeah but yeah the game crafters doing great stuff they really are and, and they're trying like hell to make sure they keep on doing great stuff and, and we're critical of them sometimes um because because we try to be honest about our thoughts and, and our feelings um and and again to their credit you know they they hear our, our comments and they and they talk to us about it and they're, they're not, they're not afraid uh, of that. And they, um, yeah, no, they've got a lot to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah. They are always on the cutting edge, always yep. shocking us with the new cool ideas they have. So yep. hundred percent. All right. We should wrap this up. That's wrap that. Wrap it on up. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, send us an email, building game podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call your Google voice number at seven, seven Oh, tell BTG. You can follow us on Twitter at podcast BTG. Jason is at J a Slingerland. I am at poorly underscore designed. You can like us on places and give us good reviews, uh, on podcast apps and, uh, keep on coming back. Uh, Oh, don't forget to buy our games. That would be good. Buy some of our games. Uh, and, uh, we'll, talk to you guys next week with another stupid show where we be stupid where we're gonna be stupid we be stupid and where we make more grammatical errors good night dilio Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All ideas presented by Rob and Jason are the property of the Building the Game podcast. We sure hope you'll join us again soon. Until next time... Dial 770-TELL-BTG. Please don't use the email.